Welcome, everyone, to the Trail Life Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Stoner. Today, I'm joined by a very special guest and very close friend of mine, Isabella Janovic, or as most people know her in the trail running community as Ultra Izzy B. She is not only one of the most well-respected trail runners here in the San Diego area, but holds the hats of professor, entrepreneur, run coach, and race ambassador. So I'm really excited to dive into our conversation and talk to her about her running philosophy and what got her into trail running itself. But before we do, this episode of the Trail Life Podcast is brought to you by Built with Chocolate Milk. Recover from every workout with chocolate milk. It's the sports drink nature intended. Get more information at dairydiscoveryzone.com. Also by Runner's Roost. Runner's Roost has served Colorado's front range running, walking, and fitness community since 1977. The Roost has remained dedicated to offering outstanding customer service and the best in footwear, apparel, and gear within all their stores. For store locations in the front range, visit runnersroost.com. Well, help me turn the turning. Well, help me get it right. this earlier today we've actually known each other for a long time and i started thinking about this i think it was 2008 when we started hanging out at the boot camp mm-hmm. does that sound about right yeah because i wasn't married yet and i've been married for 12 years now yeah so 12 years wow yeah we've known each other we're old in, in, yeah, you're right. <laughs> in some kind of different capacity we've known each other across mm-hmm. the grand scheme of so it's, it's, <laughs> I was thinking about, I was telling my wife, I was like, you know what? I think I've known is for tw- almost 12 years. Mm-hmm. And it's weird how the evolution of both of us, right. Mm-hmm. From where we kind of met each other and what we were doing and what we were training for, how that kind of all took a 360 and all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so it's really cool to be back in this capacity that we get a chance to work with one another and run trails together. So it's awesome. I want to get into some of your coaching philosophies, but for those listening in, you are known infamously or (laughs) famously known (laughs) as Ultra Izzy B here in Southern California. Everybody seems to know you in some capacity or the other. So I want to hear for everybody else who, who doesn't know who you are, Kind of give us a background of how you got into trail running and why you got into trail running. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I grew up in Oceanside, so uh, I'm still connected with a lot of my childhood friends, which is pretty funny. My best friend from when I was a kid is actually the firefighter 10 houses down from my house. So I see him <laughs> on my neighborhood runs. <laughs> um, I grew up doing competitive swimming, competitive basketball, and then I got into extreme sports uh, vert ramp skateboarding and snowboarding. Then um, I did a little bit of running when in middle school cross country, but team sports kind of took over. After college, I had a bad snowboard accident and that's when I broke my back snowboarding. So I went to back to running the safer sport. <laughs> um, and then I joined different boot camps. That's how we met through the boot camp. And that's where I was introduced into trail running. Um, got my first pair of trail shoes, learned what a hydration pack was, <laughs> learned about snakes and tarantulas and running <laughs> in the, the dark, stuff. all the good stuff. <laughs> 
headlamp, <laughs> what that thing was. People run in the dark. Wow. And when I started getting into trail running, that's where I met uh, Nicodemus Holland, who some people might have heard of him, professional ultra runner. And he was just starting to get into coaching. So I was actually one of his first clients as a runner. And he prepared me for my first mountain race. And then after that, he prepared me for my first ultra because he actually is the one who inspired me to try an ultra Um, And that was the Lake Hodges 50K, so San Diego. When I started training for that, I realized that there weren't really any running groups around back then. There was surf was really the only running group and it wasn't local. So you'd have to drive far to run with them in the mountains, which is totally cool. But for a lot of us, we can't um, we don't have the time to be able to do that. A few of my friends and I started Ultra Buds Running, just a social uh, running group. And we'd meet on Saturdays and Sundays and run trails together. And that way we'd have company. It was safer for us females because for those who are from San Diego, that was about the time that the Chelsea murder happened, the cross country runner who was kidnapped and murdered. So a lot of us females were freaked out to run by ourselves. So started Ultra Buzz and that just started growing and growing and growing. And now um, six years later from Ultra Buds, like there's so many different running groups in San Diego now. And it's just so amazing because you have options to join different groups on different trails with different people. And you kind of pick your location, what works for you, where you live, where you work. Um, so that's kind of how UltraBud started. Then we kind of noticed my uh, friend and I, Vera, she is the owner of Slim Gym Transformation Gym. She's a strength and conditioning coach and a nutrition coach. We kind of realized that there's so many people who don't run ultras because they don't know how or they're afraid or they just don't have a coach or guidance to help them with that. So we created Ghost Runners Coaching. It's been almost two years now. We launched that company, her and I, and uh, we coach people for the ultra distances. We also coach them for half marathons and marathons, um, primarily trails, but we have a few road runners and we've actually coached, um, people from walking status to running a, a 50 K. So it can happen. Um, it's a wide variety. Of it's people. a wide variety of people. And it's not just San Diego people. We are, our coaching is virtual. If you happen to live in San Diego, then cool. You get to run with us sometimes. And um, I have a, a client who's doing a stair workout with me next week and next week. So she's excited. I ran this morning with one of our clients just because she's local. Yeah. So we kind of realized like all these ultra runners, they don't know what to do. They're they're shy. They're inexperienced. They don't know anything about nutrition for ultra runners. And nutrition is a huge thing with endurance racing. And they don't know anything about strength and conditioning and how important it is to build all those muscles and to stay injury free. So with Vera's experience and my experience, we started Ghost Runners Coaching and it's been going great. Yeah. For two years now. So let's let's take a step back just really quick. We're talking to or you were training with Nicodemus to to do the the Lake Hodges 50K. What was your first race that you did though? Like, or what was even then? What was your distance? Because you not, you're not going to step right into being an ultra runner, right? right? Nobody really steps right in to being an ultra runner. So, did you start from like a five k, ten k distance? Or um, what was the, what yeah, was the I was time? already running road races, and I did run a road race marathon, the Rock and Roll, and it went absolutely horrible for me. It was when the course was on the freeway. I stepped on uneven freeway, like at mile eight, and totally messed up my IT band. But I finished the race because I was telling myself, "This is the only time I'm ever going to run a marathon." And it's true. I actually haven't run a marathon distance since. <laughs> <laughs> but then when I got introduced to trails, it was just less painful, less pounding for me. So my first trail race, trail race was, um, at Mount Woodson 
And I remember it was raining the entire time. So it's a great, way, great way to start a trail. Great way to trail start. The trail experience yes. by, by mud and just complete rain. And Mount Woodson, just straight <laughs> up, straight down. No flats. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, if I remember right, you did, uh, you said you did El Cap, which is yep. even further up on the, on the scale of yes. uh, difficulty. Yep. That was my second trail race. So, so way to get into it. Yeah. So getting into... <laughs> Uh, before you even started doing your, your first 50 K taken from those, either one of those two first races, what was something you did within the race or what was something within that, within the trail running aspect of it that really stuck with you? What, what, what um, was like, what was that, that, that point you were like, this is it. This is, this is what I want to run. This is what I want to do. And then in that same token, cause everybody takes away, you know, what they did wrong or a bad experience mm-hmm. that, that you learned from really fast. What were, what was some of that, that, those takeaways? I definitely learned in those two races. The races actually went pretty well for me because I believe in training a lot, listening to my coaches. I learned that there was a lot of mental to trail running. I mean, being able to run in the rain for your first race, that's a lot of mental. I, you know, well, I could quit at any time. It is. And, and what a lot of people that are getting into the sport, they don't really consider how much more takes on your body sometimes. Like mm-hmm. you're mentally and physically, like you're out there, you don't really know how far you've gone because you're not on city streets. So you can't really judge mm-hmm. by block by block. You're out there running on the trails, sometimes up in the forest and you have no idea where mileage points are. Yep. And so I, I think that's that's always one thing that people have to look at is you got to run for sometimes when you get started, you have to run for time versus running for mileage. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Some of those uh, one mile could take you an hour depending where you're at really. So yeah, I learned a lot about mental and I had no idea how to recover afterwards. Like I couldn't move for like a week after those races. So learning recovery. And so what, what do you do now? Because the, there's no secret that pop tarts are your go-to during or even after, I guess. After the race. (laughs) I'm allowed a pop tart, not before or during. (laughs) Too much sugar. Um, yeah, I definitely learned from Vera about nutrition and how that plays a big part. I can hit it harder, run harder, recover faster. Also taking rest days. And, um, in the last few years, you know, just the mobility of taking care of your body. Mobility is a lot of hard work. It's time consuming. No one wants to do it. It's boring, but forcing myself to do that and, um, forcing yourself to have rest days. It's really important because we all want you know, with all these running groups now, social groups, like, you know, there's FOMO and you want to go to every single group run every day of the week. And you just can't, you need to rest your body. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's, that goes for any, any kind of training, right? Mm -hmm. You have to understand the, the difficulty of the sport, how much you've put into it. And then also the recovery aspect that it comes into it. And I've, I've even people that come out and do our races, even if you're doing 10 K and half marathons, it's not always about those long distances that, you know, get people underneath that point where you're overtraining, overtraining, and there's no recovery. Mm -hmm. So moving into that, you've, now you've gotten into the 50K. So what was your first 50K experience like doing that Lake Hodges 50K? Like what was your mentality going out? Because it's 30, just over 30 miles. So Yeah, it was very intimidating. I only knew three people running this race. Now, if I go to the Lake Hodges 50K, I pretty much know everyone there. But yeah, it was really intimidating. There's three people. I think you know the three people too. And there are three guys. And of course, they're way faster than me. I didn't realize how hot it was going to be during that race. And that's when I ran with two handhelds. <laughs> and there was a certain point of the race, you know, if anyone's been on that course where um, 
I ran out of water for a little bit and I just like panicked. I'm like, oh my gosh, I have no water. It's a hundred degrees out here. But luckily the aid station was right there. But yeah, I had a really good race. And um, I did learn from that one, uh, like the nutrition, because I was taking goos and, you know, stuff, chemicals, like junk food, M&Ms during those times. I didn't know anything about racing fuel. I was taking, I think it was Carbo Pro back then, one of the drinks, but after the race, like I didn't want to eat. My stomach was all messed up. I didn't like nothing tasted good and not even Gatorade. I didn't want a beer. You know, something's wrong with me if I don't want a beer after a race. So that's kind of like where it first started. Like, hmm, how, how do you eat during these things? I don't know how to eat. Well, I mean, that's that's a big thing. It's, it's nice is a lot of these 50Ks now you see all different types of foods, too, on the mm-hmm. course, right? Yep. And it's, I think that from a race director perspective, that's kind of changed as well. And what people are looking for mm-hmm. out on the course. I mean, peanut butter sandwiches. I was talking to a race director just last week that puts out quesadillas um, out there. So I'm like, that's great. Like all this different, you know, buffet of foods mm-hmm. that you can get out there now. So let's talk about Ultra Buds here really quick because it is interesting being that I've been in the trail industry for a long time. And you were talking about how there was next to no trail running groups in San Diego. And then all of a sudden this big splash of groups all came all over the place. Mm-hmm. Was Ultra Buds, did you start doing that before even like San Diego, uh, San Diego trail runners came around or was yeah. that kind of Everybody kind of came in all together at one time. No, Ultra Bud started about six years ago when I was training for the Lake Hodges 50K. So my first 50K, we just ran on the weekends, like different locations. And then after I finished grad school, because that was a whole <laughs> experience in <laughs> itself, then that's when I partnered up with Run North County to have a set Saturday, every Saturday morning, we meet at Lake Hodges at 6.30 a.m. and we run the trails. I think San Diego Trail Runners has been around two years I want to say two years That's true. now. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So right. they're fairly new. With Ultra Buds, it's it's all San Diego based, mm-hmm. right? Do you have anybody that's kind of connected with you guys in different parts of the country? That, that um, we do have a friend in Arizona who is kind of starting things up, and then um, Randy's my new Colorado friend. <laughs> shout <laughs> out! Shout out to the Kilted shout Runner. Out to the Kilted Runner. He's sporting Ultra Buds now. Him and his wife. <laughs> um, friends who have moved. Joe and Scott, they're on the East Coast. They were ultra buds all the time. Yeah. So it's got to be, even though it's friends of and friends and yeah. other ambassadors and stuff, it's got to be kind of a cool thing to see that the small little ultra buds brand kind of a yep. little bit at a time kind of taking hold in some other spots. Oh, we're in Spain. Daisy. Oh, hey, there you go. Daisy's in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> so getting into, into the ghost runners. So I want to, how did, how did you guys start? Where did, where's does the San Diego Ghost Runners name come from? Like, how did that? Um, Ghost Runners, if you look it up, it's actually um, an ultra running term. You always have a ghost runner behind you, whether it's a real live person or um, an imaginary person. There's always someone behind you running. There's always someone with you. So that's part of your support team. Yep. So there's always your coach with you. All right. I like that. Ghost Runner. I like that. So what's the, what's the primary philosophy behind both, you know, the, the running aspect of it and nutrition aspect of it? So go ahead and break that down for me a little bit. So running nutrition and strength and conditioning, because a lot of ultra runners don't lift weights. 
And so we do, we make our runners do at least two days a week, depending on their plan. Every plan is custom, depending on their goals and when the race is. We have our runners do two days a week of strength and conditioning workouts. And um, we do a lot of back-to-back runs, a lot of hikes. So just time on your feet, no running, because when you're doing an ultra, there's usually a lot of hiking involved. So making sure you're comfortable with time on your feet. It's also a mental thing. Like, hey, I just ran 20 miles today and I have to go out tomorrow and run another 20. Like, it's a mental thing. So a lot of mental. And then Vera does all the nutrition. She um, has you on low FODMAP foods. So just everything that's good for your gut. And once you get used to it, it's really easy. Um, And you see a difference right away. You don't... uh, you can recover faster. You can run longer. You feel better on your long runs. You're not as lethargic. Um, you don't have issues like cramping. Some people used to get headaches. So just all better nutrition for your training runs and your races. Nice to you. So uh, let's talk about the strength aspect of it. How you said two times a week, you're usually mm-hmm. looking at strength training. Yep. How important is it? Because I think a lot of runners don't get the idea that, that upper body training is just as important yes. as lower body. So yes. what's the what's your what's your normal breakdown as far as your running clients? What do you tell them when it comes to strength training? So with the upper body, we kind of explain to them how like the f- whole body's connected. So you need to be just as strong on top as you are on the bottom. Also, if you think about it, when you run an ultra, you're carrying that pack. Yeah, that pack's light, but after 20 miles, it gets heavy. Do you have like the strength to be able to hold that pack still? Um, With mountain running, you're running with poles. Do you have the strength to be able to use your poles? Some people, they use poles for the first time. They're like, oh, my arms are all sore. (laughs) Well, that's because you don't lift weights. You know, if you're strengthening all those muscles and, you know, keeping your core strength strong um, to avoid injury, it helps with your balance on the trails and maneuvering through the rocks. So it's just all connected. In today's new normal, right? Mm -hmm. Not everybody can be at a gym. Right. Right. So what are three or four exercises that are really great for runners Mm -hmm. that they can do at home or if they are traveling or or if they can't be at the gym? What would you suggest? A lot of them you can do body weight, like squats, lunges, step ups. We do a lot of step ups on a box with dumbbells or without. Yeah, those are probably the top three. And then core work as well. So all that core work, you don't, you know, it's good if you have a weight weighted ball or a dumbbell to do it, but you don't necessarily have to. Right. And then with strength training comes stretching. Yes. So how often do you normal, would you normally tell your, your athletes to, to, have to stretch depending out? on their week, they have to at least have one complete rest day where they do mobility. I mean, a dog walk is fine because a lot of our people there just have to be outside. Mm-hmm. Usually the, the, I call it Monday mobility day because Saturdays and Sundays are usually the longer runs for people because it works with their schedule better. So after the two long runs or back-to-backs or hikes, that's when the uh, rest day would be. And that's when they do mobility, foam roller stuff. I mean, typical PT stuff that a PT would have you do different stretching yoga would work. Uh, we tell our clients just to relax and do Epsom salt baths. And it's a good time to also meal prep for the week. Do your grocery shopping. So that's a good lead in. So you're a vegan. Vegetarian. I'm an Isabellitarian. Isabellitarian. Because I just eat what that's, I like. That's true. <laughs> so from a, from that perspective, somebody who's not a meat eater, mm-hmm. right? What would you suggest to them that they, how, the, what would they do a, a night or two leading up to the race is not being a mediator what do you do you recommend yeah so we actually have our clients they um do their carb load two days before the race not the night before the race because you got to think your body has needs to digest all that food 
you don't want it digesting all that food the night before a race because then so you're going to be. So the old adage of carb loading the night before. Yeah, it's bad. It's you're just going to end up pooping on the trail. Man. <laughs> Here for years. That's a, that's all I tell you. Like, yeah. You, gotta, you go to a, a race and carb load. You got to go out and carb load. Yeah. The night Two nights before. It's got to be good carbs like fruits, veggies, sweet potatoes, beer, rice. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tequila. That's yeah. Right. Tequila. <laughs> good carbs is good what carbs. we tell them. Yeah. Um. Um, I mean, I, since I call myself Isabelitarian cause I eat salmon and canned tuna. <laughs> Those are my meats and I eat eggs. So, uh, all, but eggs don't work for a lot of people. They're actually, a lot of people are allergic to them. So, um, you know, we just work out different things with them. We have a whole list of foods that we try to have them stick to, but we don't make recipes for them because everyone's different on what they like. For example, Vera said the other day that she's like, what is a, a, a tuna melt? That sounds like the grossest thing ever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love tuna melts where she eats something totally weird. And I'm like, gross, I would never eat that. So we don't do meals or recipes. We tell people, hey, this is a kind of like a lifestyle change. This isn't a diet. This is just how you should eat because it's the best for your gut. So here's a list of the recommended foods. You make it how you like to make it. Now, is that um, because counting carb, uh, carb cycling and, and macro eating stuff, mm-hmm. you guys uh, work with athletes on that as well? Vera does. Yeah. She's the, she's the macros expert. So from a athlete perspective, do you guys end up doing anywhere from, uh, newbie Mm -hmm. runners all the way up to those experienced trail runners? And then is it, Hey, I just want to go out and run a 5k for the first time versus, Hey, I'm trying to do a hundred miler. Yeah. I mean, my mom's a ghost runner and her goal is to run the whole 5k without walking and she's 69 years old. So she crushes. Badass babe. Yeah, she's 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 crushing it right now. So, uh, well, that's good. I'm, I'm. It's good to know that there's some opportunity for all. I mean, mm-hmm. with with our races, the endurance race series. I mean, that's that's a huge percentage of our runners is, mm-hmm. is those looking to get into the sport and those that are trying to train for you know those longer distances like yep. an ultra. So it's it's nice to be able to have that opportunity to work with some of the, the new, I love working with new people. Well, it's, it's like a clean slate. Right? Yeah. It's, and I can teach them all about gear, all the things no one taught me. So, I'm like, what's a hydration pack? I don't know what that is. <laughs> so what's your thoughts on, uh, cause some people love running with handheld. Some people mm-hmm. like the, like the actual packs themselves. Yep. Like what, what's the difference between the two in your mentality? Like, I mean, it's actually just a matter of preference. If you're running with poles, you can't do hand, handhelds. If you're afraid of balance, um, you know, if you're, you know, afraid of falling or balance, you want your hands free. So a pack's probably better, but handhelds aren't a bad thing. I just recommend to run with two of them. So they're even, even distributed weight because they are like carrying three pounds and don't go out to a race and run with handhelds if you haven't trained with them, because you do use your shoulder muscles, especially for an ultra. That would be my advice on that one. Yeah. It's kind of that old adage is don't ever try anything. Don't ever try anything new on race day. Nothing. Not one thing. That goes from shoes to Water hydration yep. to food, your shirt, everything. <laughs> Stick with what you know. Exactly. <laughs> so when it comes to, because you know, there's all different types of races out there. Do you guys have any clients that you do OCR stuff for? Because yeah. even though, even though that's obstacle course training, there's still that mentality of all those races are still trails. So yeah. do you, does ghost runners work with? Yeah, we actually have two clients right now we're training OCR for, and it's super fun writing their workouts because they make them <laughs> do so many burpees and heavy carries. And 
they're trail runners, but they're turning into OCR. They want to try it. So I'm like, the running part's your break. Right. So how does it, when it comes to their other types of training, right? Mm-hmm. Like doing burpees and pushups and all that stuff. Are there other things that they can get worked in as far as other types of obstacles and stuff? Uh, if they're out there on the trails themselves, obviously it's, it's tough to always find, you know, we're lucky enough that we've got a, an OCR gym mm-hmm. near us, yep. but there's a lot of people that don't have that. And what would you typically write in as, as a training program for somebody who's. So these particular to- people, they actually have a, a good amount of equipment at their home gym. So um, different type of box jumps, burpees on the trail, heavy carries, uh, working on grip strength, pull-ups. And then the OCR gym that we do train at, they actually have punch cards for Saturdays. So we always recommend our clients to go on Saturdays to practice on the course with like the obstacles that they don't have at home. But a lot of regular gyms now, because we do train people, you know, in other parts of San Diego, they have at least the rope. Yeah, that's true. So a lot of gyms have a rope now. But yeah, we always send people there on Saturdays. So um, and then we're also training two people right now for Mount Whitney. So hikers. Yeah. So, you're, I, so you're training hikers. Too, yeah, right? because I have a lot of experience with hiking, backpacking. I've done Mount Whitney. And and your clients are... Uh, Obviously, we're we're talking anything from a 5K to hiking to ultras. Mm-hmm. Um, where are most of your clients? Can somebody that's over on the East Coast or down in the South, can they can they work with Ghost Runners? Yep. Mm-hmm. We have clients in Arizona, East Coast, Washington, Colorado. I think that's it right now. So we're in about six states. Nice. And so yep. how long and how long has Ghost Runners been around? Because you guys are pretty new. As yeah, as Ghost places. Runners, we've been around for two years, but we've partnered with six race directors already. Okay. So um, we're the official coaching client of six different race directors for six different race series. We've also partnered with Fleet Feet, um, who's a franchise and Prestige Products, which is a supplement company. Wow. So you guys have, in just a short amount of time, have got yeah. kind of a good foothold yes. in the category that you guys are doing. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing. So um, if somebody wanted to get in, in touch with Ghost Runners, is it just reach out on the on the website? Yep. We have West website, ghostrunnerscoaching.com. And you can also contact us on Facebook and Instagram. SD Ghost Runners is our Instagram. We're very active on social media. Very cool. Well, it is. I appreciate you guys you coming in and, and talking today. And like I said, we've known each other for a while and it's, it's kind of yep. nice. To, it's a, it's nice to have actually somebody in the studio. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> studio. <you've had. laughs> talking to somebody on zoom and not having that. <laughs> person-to-person interaction sometimes it's a little bit tricky with with the internet so i'm glad that you were able to come in today and and hang out and share some stories and kind of fill people in on on what what kind of coaching you guys provide Mm -hmm. so we're all about the ers series run every single race that's what we need sometimes i have to walk them if it's after a a 50k race but that's okay okay. (laughs) i'm still there you know it's it's all about moving forward yeah you don't what I've taken from the road to the trail is I don't see any hills some of these times that trail runners have to go up in the road races, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, no. if, you, if you have to climb up 500 feet in a, in a given half mile to mile, you're not going to see that on too many road races. Yeah. So if you got to walk every now and then, go ahead and walk. Yep. It's totally fine. Exactly. <laughs> it's all about getting it done. That'll do it for today's Trail Life podcast. I'd like to give a special shout out to Ultra Izzy B, Isabella Janovic, for stopping by the studio here and spitting some trail knowledge on us. We uh, look forward to seeing each and every one of you back out on the trails real soon. This episode of the Trail Life podcast is brought to you by Built with Chocolate Milk. 
Recover from every workout with chocolate milk. It's the sports drink nature intended. Get more information at dairydiscoveryzone.com and by Runner's Roost. Runner's Roost has served the Colorado's front range walking, running, and fitness community since 1977. The Roost has remained dedicated to offering outstanding customer service and the best footwear, apparel, and gear. For store locations in the front range, please visit runnersroost.com. Music for the Trail Life podcast provided by the Poor Dirty Astronauts with lyrics written by Matt Meyer. Matt Meyer.